0: John's Gospel in chapter 20. We'll break in on the reading at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace, be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace, be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. When the other disciples told him that they had seen the Lord, he declared, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Father, as we come to your precious word this morning, we do so with expectancy, we do so with anticipation, because you have told us in Scripture that Even if there's only two or three meeting, you would be there. And so, Lord, we pray that you will make us conscious of your presence. We pray that we will forget about everyone and everything else, and that our ears will be open to what you want to say to us. Lord, bless your precious word, and open its truth to our hearts just now, and open our hearts to respond, so that we might honor and glorify you. For we know that none of us are here by accident this morning, but by your design. So speak, Lord, in the stillness, while we wait upon you. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. About two weeks ago, Kenneth actually preached on uh, this passage of Scripture uh, on a Sunday evening. And I want to return to this passage, not to the same uh, place where he was and where he was concentrating on in terms of Thomas, doubting Thomas, but I want to come from a general perspective, because here I believe Jesus had an appointment with his disciples, a very special appointment. And sometimes, when we think about Easter, and this is really uh, coming out of the Easter message, sometimes when we think about Easter, it is just all happens in a weekend. But you have to remember that even for forty days, uh, just about a month uh, after Easter, Jesus met on various occasions. With His disciples, and He had these appointments with them. And I want to look at this divine appointment which took place there in the upper room just on Easter Day, and again the following week when Jesus met with them uh, afresh. And I believe, friend, with all my heart, that I'm not here by accident today, and neither are you. I believe implicitly that God has us where he wants us to be, to hear his precious word. And that's why I believe that God has brought you here so that you might indeed see and hear what God wants to do in your own life at this particular time. I want you to imagine what it was like on this occasion, this divine appointment that Jesus has with his disciples. They were in the upper room. It must have been buzzing with chat because some had already come back. Some of the ladies had come back and said that they had seen the Lord, they had met with the Lord. Peter and John had already been to the tomb, comes back, and they're all confused. They're not sure exactly what has happened. The stone is rolled away. Yes, they looked in. They saw the clothes lying that were around his body and they're still not sure. Some of them are still doubting. And in the midst of all of this, we find that Jesus comes, and he brings this wonderful greeting to them. It's a comforting greeting. Shalom. Beautiful word, beautiful concept. It's bringing peace into that situation where they found themselves, because here they were, locked behind doors, and they were, as it were, stock taking, looking at their lives, trying to make sense out of what they have just come through on this particular weekend. Yes, they were confused, yes, they were anxious, yes, they were disillusioned, and yes, there were some who were still doubting. They felt aimless, totally aimless and vulnerable, longing to meet with Jesus, longing to hear from him, and they knew that they were in the midst of big changes in their lives, and that made them even more afraid. And so, Jesus comes into that situation, into that context of disillusioned people, and he calms them down And he immediately comforts them with this beautiful greeting, shalom, I'm here to bring peace. And then he starts to confirm certain things to them uh, in their midst. And maybe that needs to happen to you today. Maybe certain things have been going on in your life recently and you're somewhat confused. You may even be disillusioned. Undoubtedly, you may be anxious to know exactly where you should be going. You may have to make decisions for next week or the following week, and you're not sure. You're like these disciples. And I believe Jesus comes to you uh, this morning, and He wants to speak into your heart first and foremost Shalom. I'm here. You can be at peace and he comforts you. You're not here by accident. You are here by his design because he wants to speak into you, and he's brought you here to reassure you and to comfort you, first of all, with his peace. But then secondly, he brings to them a commission. He brings a challenging commission. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Now, I believe this was a dynamic statement by the risen Lord, full of promise, full of divine promise. Jesus, in other words, is confirming to them that he has a mission for them. He has a work, a ministry, which he wanted them uh, to be involved in. And that mission Uh, is on the same basis as his own mission. And I want you to notice three things here from that particular uh, mission. First of all, there is the uh, uh, privilege of ministry, the privilege, the sheer privilege of ministry. He's reminding them of something very wonderful, that he has them set aside to be involved uh, in serving him in a particular way. And you know, friends, we are the same because when Jesus opens our eyes, when you're born again, when you come to know him, uh, we read in Scripture, you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. In other words, You were shaped by God and are being shaped by God to serve Him. He wants to use you and He wants to use me for His glory in His service. And uh, just as the disciples were all different and had all different personalities and characteristics, so you and I are totally different, the one from the other. And we are all being shaped by God for significance, for his own mission. There are no rejects with God. And some of you may be here and you may even feel you've let the Lord down in something or in some way. You may feel that you are a failure. But I want to remind you today that God has no rejects. There are no accidents with God. He is in total charge. He created every detail of your life and of my life, the emotions you have, those strong emotions that you have, those abilities that He has given to you, that personality which only you have, He has given that to you, the experiences that He has already brought you through, all these things He just brings together, harmonizes them all, so that he can take you and use you because everything in your life God made, and he made it on purpose because you are a very, very special person to God. He created you, and I want you to see that, to take hold of that, uh, even today. You are special. That's why he comes to them, and he gives this commission to them. And I believe this morning he's giving that commission to you, and to me as well. Now, there is a precedent in our ministry, and that precedent can be seen here where Jesus gives the comparison as well as the confirmation. He says, as the Father sent me. Here's the divine stump of approval. Now, take this on board. As the Father sent me, even so send I you. So immediately we ask the question, well, how was Jesus sent? How did the Father send Jesus on his mission? Well, we know that he was sent with authority, absolute authority. And uh, even those who were his enemies had to admit this when they met him, when they listened to him. They would say, no man speaks like this man. He speaks with authority. They also said, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And the common people, we read, heard him gladly because of his authority. But he also had ability. Of course he had miraculous power from Almighty God. We read from Nicodemus' own lips. No man can do the things that you do except God is with him. And Jesus did many other miraculous things, we read, in the presence of his disciples. Oh, yes, he had ability. But he also came in humility, born in a manger. And he was also able to say, didn't he, the foxes have their holes and the birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus came with authority Ability and in humility. And Jesus said, As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. So you immediately say, Well, what is our authority? Well, I believe our authority lies first and foremost in our conversion. Because when God came into your life and changed you, He received you to Himself. He His mercy was upon you, we read in John. To those that received him, to them gave he authority to become the children of God. Friends, the only authority we have of going out into the streets of Prestwick around us to talk about God is because he has come into our lives, is because we know him personally, is because we have experienced his grace and his mercy. And that is the stamp of God's authority on our lives. We witness now in in the midst of a generation that has given up on church. The majority of people no longer come to church. But we meet them in the streets. We meet them in the supermarket. We meet them as our neighbors. We meet them in our places of work. They may have turned away from God, but they want to hear from you. They want to see the evidence in your life. They're not so much interested in uh, is it true as is it does it work? And you're able to share that. You're able to tell them the fact that you have come to know him with power in your life. Do you remember that story in John chapter 4 where Jesus meets with the Samaritan woman and when he's talking to her, the disciples come back and they wondered at Jesus talking to this woman. Because in their minds, they had given up on this woman. She was a Samaritan. She was a fallen woman. Why should Jesus speak to her? And Jesus had to speak to them and said, Open your eyes and see that the harvest is ripe. He had to show them that they had a prejudice in their mind that needed to be changed. That he was doing a work in Samaria which they couldn't really believe was happening. Oh, friends, don't write anybody off. There may be people in your street. There there may be people that you work with. There there may be people that you bump into in, in, in the street, in the shops. Don't write them off. Know that God's power is available, and through your witness, through your testimony, they can come to know Him just as you have Come to know Him. And maybe in your own heart, in your own life, God wants to use you this week. Remember that He can do the impossible. But that's the authority. But what about our ability? Well, we can read along with Paul, I can do all things through Christ because with God, all things are possible. You see, friends, when we read the Scriptures and when we hear the Scriptures, this envisions us. It opens up our eyes to what the Lord wants to do. And this is one of the reasons why you come along here on a Sunday, so that the Scriptures are opened and God can envision you. But it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us and enables us to step out by faith and to trust Him. Yes, and to see the impossible become possible. And maybe God's speaking into somebody's heart this morning along that line. God hasn't finished with you yet, and He wants to use you for His glory. But of course, He was also sent in humility. And we must come in humility. And by that, we have to realize that Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. In fact, John the Baptist said, I must decrease, and he must increase. And so, in all of our work and in all of our mission, we've got to keep reminding ourselves, it's not about me, it's all about him. It's all about exalting Jesus, lifting him high, and pointing people uh, to him. So here then is indeed the the great ministry that God has given uh, to us just as he gave to the disciples of old. But we also see here a plan. I want you to notice how it happened because Jesus comes to where they were. Where were they? Behind closed doors. They were afraid of the Jews and what could happen to them if they're found there in Jerusalem. But Jesus always does that. He always comes to where you are. God is always coming to us. Do you remember he came to Moses and he was in the desert? He was in a backwater. He had given up all thoughts of his life being used for God. And God met him at the burning bush and turned him around, transformed him. With all of his weaknesses, with all of his excuses, God turns him around and makes him into the mighty leader of Israel. What happened to Elijah too? Do you remember Elijah, after being on Mount Carmel, runs for his life, uh, and he ends up in Horeb, and he is just absolutely depressed beyond measure, and he says to God, let me die. Just let me go, I'm finished. And God says, no, you're not finished. I have more work for you uh, to do yet. Jesus comes to Zacchaeus when he was up that tree. You remember? Zacchaeus, that despicable little man that nobody liked, and he's up the tree and Jesus comes and he calls him down by name, by name. Do you know what the name Zacchaeus means? Pure one. He's anything but pure. But Jesus speaking into his heart, reminding him of what God can do in his life, and he does. He transforms that little man and turns him into a great witness for God there in Jericho. He did the same with Peter up there at the Galilee. After he had denied his Lord, Jesus meets with him and asks him three times, Peter, do you really love me? He says, you know all things. You know that I love you. Do you see, Jesus keeps coming to where we are. He meets us at the point of our need. And sometimes we're like like these disciples and we we barricade ourselves away behind those closed doors, doors of our own making, such as self-doubt we really doubt ourselves and doubt that God could ever use us behind defeat. Maybe you have been a failure. Maybe you have fallen down. But God wants to lift you up again. God wants to inspire and give you a whole new understanding of His mission in your life. Maybe you have struggled with guilt in your life, and you have hidden behind that. Maybe you are a failure. Maybe you there is disillusionment, but he knows where you are and why you are there. And he comes to you like he came to these disciples behind those closed doors. Because, you see, he has a purpose. He came to them behind those doors But he came in order that they would open their eyes and see beyond those doors, to see that he has a plan, has a purpose, and has a meaning for their lives. And I believe that's what God wants to do with someone here this morning. He wants to just pull back the curtain, as it were, and let you see that there is something he wants you to be involved in. But the other thing I want you to see here, my little mover's not working too well. First of all, it's the priority of sending, not staying. What do I mean? Well, here is Jesus comes into the house at this particular time, and of course they would be thrilled to see him. It says that they were overjoyed when he came. Of course they were. He had come to them. They felt good. Now everything is back in place. They had him with them, still behind the closed doors. They're now contented and they're comfortable. Yes, and it's possible to become complacent in that situation. And Jesus didn't want that to happen. You see, he's opening their minds, getting beyond those closed doors, getting out. And friends, we still... Tend to do the same thing. We come along on a church on a Sunday and we meet together, we sing the lovely songs that uh, we all know we love, we speak the language, we, we listen to the message and it is good, we feel the Lord with us but he doesn't want us to stay here, he wants us to meet with him, yes, but then go out, to go out on that mission, to go out into the world around us because too many of us have a castle mindset. We're, we're in that big, strong castle, and the, the drawbridge is up, and we're not really reaching out into the community. And God wants us to let down that drawbridge and move out and get involved with people and to share with them the good news. They were on a journey. They were starting on a wonderful journey. And I believe that that's where God wants us today on that journey with Him. And what's the prerogative in all of this? Well, the prerogative is that it's the Master who's speaking, He's the one who's saying, I'm sending you. And we need to hear that again. You see, the church is his church. We are his people. And we have been bought with a great price, the price of the Lord Jesus Christ laying down his life. And he has to be preeminent because mission centers upon Jesus himself. He says, I'm sending you. And when the church... Operates as the church, then things begin to happen. You only need to look at the Acts of the Apostles to see that. In chapter 4, we read that the uh, authorities took notice of them that they had been uh, with uh, the Lord Jesus, and that was fantastic. Not only that, prayer becomes uh, really powerful. It says, After they prayed, the place where they were, was shaken. You see, when you become the church, when the people really take on, on board the whole mission that God wants us to be involved in, then things start to happen. Prayer becomes powerful. The authorities take notice that we're uh, here. But not only that, we read that the church itself becomes uh, cleansed. Things happen in the church. People get right with each other. People get right with God. uh, And that's a a wonderful thing. And when that starts to happen, something else takes place. Conversions become regular. People come to know the Lord. Uh, We read here uh, in Uh, chapter 5, that more and more men and women believed uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a fantastic thing because then we know that the church grows. People come into the fellowship, uh, meet with uh, God's people there. And not only that, we know also that needs are met and ministry starts to grow. And that's, again, something which is fantastic. That's what God wants. That's why you were saved. We're not just saved to come and sit on a pew in church. We're saved to go out into the world with the wonderful message uh, of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to be what God wants you to be? Are you ready to do the things that He wants you to do? Because, you see, there is a purpose in the appointment. He's saying, I am sending you. And, you see, the actual choice is uh, amazing here. Sorry, my, the wee battery must be running down here. Um, it, the choice is amazing. It's a personal choice. Now, just stop for a moment. See who he's choosing. See who he's speaking to. Peter, the man who denied him three times. Thomas, the man who indeed was doubting so much. The other disciples, nine of them who ran away, absolutely afraid to stand with Jesus when he was taken to the cross. Here was a crowd of people that you and I would not think about using. Jesus comes to them. And indeed, he speaks into their hearts. You see, with Jesus, just because you feel, that's not final. He has something wonderful for them uh, to do. Because with God, defeat and disillusionment can be turned into dynamism when you meet with the Lord Jesus himself. And there's something else. Not only was the choice personal, the choice uh, is collective, because it was to all of them. He's including all of them there. He says, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you, the whole lot of them. You have a mission to do. And that's the wonderful thing that you and I can take on board. And just recently, we have confirmed that we're calling a youth worker. And he'll be coming soon to to work with us here in the whole ministry of youth and children. Friends, we need to get behind him. We need to support him. We need to encourage him. We need to be involved with him. He's not coming to do all the work. He's coming to share with us in the work. And that means there'll be other ministries developing which you can become involved in. And that's exciting to be able to see what the Lord really wants us to say It's all collective because of what God has done. You see, God's plan for his church is progressive. It means that he builds on our yesterdays so that we can claim our tomorrows. And I believe there's a wonderful vision lying here for us to take hold of as a church here in Prestwick to see the wonderful thing. Now there will be changes, there will be new things, there will be ministry coming, and we're looking forward to that because God wants to work with us. And it's personal. Every one of us, not just the young, but the old, every one of us, because God chooses us to use us. He's choosing all the disciples here. He's going to use them. No matter what had happened in the past, he's going to use them for his glory. And you might say, well, but where does the power come from? Well, we're reminded, aren't we, that Jesus says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go into all the world. So we don't go in our own strength. We go in his strength. And the wonderful thing also is that that power is by the power of His Holy Spirit. It is not by power nor by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And friends, I just want to wind this up this morning by reminding you that this was an appointment, a divine appointment, which those disciples needed to have with Jesus. And I believe that God has brought you here this morning and me here this morning and the bottom line is that he has an appointment with you, and he's spoken to you, and he's trying to get through to you. As the Father sent me, said Jesus, even so send I you. Is he opening another door for you? Maybe he's been doing this for a number of weeks now, maybe even months, but it's becoming close now to you you can hear him speaking into your heart. Even today, that door is opening. Are you ready to walk through it by faith? Trusting him as the Father sent me, even so send I you. Oh, friends, this is personal. This is challenging. This is essential for the glory of God here in Prestwick that he will take us as a fellowship, as a church, and go forward with joy, with expectancy, knowing that he has so much for us to do. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your precious word. That word which is unchanging, that word which is dynamic, that word which is so personal. Father, will you speak into our hearts, and as you speak, give us the grace and the faith to respond, here am I, Lord, sent me, used me. Lord, may this be the response from all of our hearts, even this day we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. In response, we are going to uh, sing together now number 229 in your books. Here I am wholly available. 229. Self to help the reaping, to gather precious souls. Father, I pray that these will not be just words that we sing, but may be the heartfelt response of each and every one of us, as we do indeed give ourselves afresh to you, even this morning. Lord, bless your word and bless those who must leave us now, but continue to be with us as we sit at your table, and bless us there, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.